Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Run your race. Every believer, I talked to you about Sister Ella and I watching uh, the different uh, track and field events. We enjoy watching those. And uh, this was the collegiate uh, uh, national championships. And we had a good time watching the different events. And especially, I love the relay races and the, and the 100-yard uh, sprints. But I also like the distance races. You know, the 500 meters, the 10,000 10, meet 500 5,000 meters or 10,000 meters, we used to call, or, or, or the mile, we used to call it the mile, and then, then for us when, when back in my day. But uh, thank God for, for those distance. See, when you run a distance, you got to pace yourself. If, and I know some of you in, in the room used to run half marathons and marathons, and man, God bless you. I, you know, I never, never did embark upon that, even the, the 10 10, uh, what was it, uh, uh, t- the, 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 what do you call those, 10, yeah, 10K runs and stuff, or a mile, I used to like the mile fun run, that way you could walk, as well as run, <laughs> hey, but, 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 when you run, but when you run a distance, you have to pace yourself, you have to train and be in, in condition, of course. But even when you, when you run those uh, distance races, you pace yourself because there are different types of distance runners. Some have what they call, uh, when they used to run a mile, they, they are better at the end because they got a kick. They have, they have a, another gear they hit when they get close to the end. But they don't... Uh, exude all of their energy so that their kick will be strong. And then there are other different types of runners. They just ran a pace consistent throughout, and they got stronger as they went, and they trained that way. You know, I believe God wants us to run our race and be consistent. I want to have a kick at the end. Amen. But I'm not at the end yet. I got some, I got some more, more things to do. How about you? So in running our race, and we, we talked about it, we highlighted it, and when we, when we give you a highlight, our sermon highlight, that's really the focus of what the message is on. We highlighted this particular message like this. We said, we all have a particular race that God sets before us. All of us have a race. All of us have lanes that we ought to stay in. It is a spiritual race that has to do with our divine destiny that God has planned for us to fulfill. How many know you have a destiny? And it's given to you by God. And we'll we'll find out later that God has a plan for us, a plan for our success, not not a failure. God never made a plan for someone to fail. God always wants us to succeed. And when, and I, I, I love what uh, Pastor Scott Webb, he wrote a book that and he used to have his, his uh, uh, talking about catch, entitled Catch the Spirit of Faith. And uh, he, his broadcast was, was called uh, Winning, Winning. And, and it's so important for us to know God wants us to know that we are winners, And the only way that you won't be a winner, if you quit. Never quit. Keep going. Pastor, what if you fall down? Get up, dust yourself off, and get back going again. 
I've fallen down in my spiritual walk before, but I got up. Amen. And, and, and with the help and the empowerment of God, uh, went on and kept going. And I'm still running. I'm going to ra- run the race to the end, and I'm going to win. Amen. How about yourself? Because there's a divine destiny that you and I have. We talked about the importance. And I'm going to go back and fill into some gaps that, that I had and uh, tell you uh, some of the things and reiterate some things, not reteach them. Uh, you can go back and listen to, listen to that first message. They're embedded in Facebook and YouTube, and it'll help you with this one. But I'm going to touch on those things, fill in some gap, and we added a little bit more that I believe will bless you, even about some of those areas. We use as one of our keynote scriptures, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. And this is in the New International Version. It says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, when folks finish their race, when they go home to be with the Lord, they, they, they can say, I'm finished, finished my race. But you and I that are here alive to, today, we still got some more course to, 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 to run through. We still got some things that God wants us to do. But we ought to fight a good fight. One of the things that we said about the last time, y'all may remember what a good fight is. Y'all remember what, what happens when you're in a good fight? You win. You win when you get a fight. If you don't win, it was not a good fight. Might have been a good fight for your opponent, but not for you. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you right now. Our opponent that we have in this spiritual walk is the devil, the enemy. John 10.10 said the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said in that same verse, but I have come that you and I could have life and life more abundantly. An abundant life is a winning life. An abundant life is a life where you stay on course. You stay in your lane and you accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. And we're becoming what God wants us to be. We talked about the last time about when you, when you watch a, a race, and I did some comments and things on it. I won't go back over everything I did. But when, you, when run, people ran in, 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 in uniforms where they weren't weighed down, that was important. We entitled, and I want to emphasize this a little bit more and say a few things that I didn't say the last time, even at the beginning of the teaching. It's important when you're in this spiritual race or where your destiny, divine destiny that God's given you, that you dress properly. Amen. It's important how you dress. When you go out and you go into a particular place, it is important how you dress. I thank God that uh, uh, you can dress properly. Some folks, when they're doing things, you know, and they have a particular uniform that they wear, you, you need to, if, if, that, if that's what... What, it, what the requirement is for you in your dress, on your job, or some schools have uniforms. Now, it's important that you're dressed properly. It's just as important that you're dressed properly in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual life. And what do you mean by dress properly? You don't want anything to have anything on you that's going to weigh you down. We talked about that a little bit the last time, but I want to touch on a few more things. Well, Pastor, in my spiritual walk, what, what kind of clothing should I have? I get up every morning, I put on my spiritual clothes. 
King James says it's like this, and we, uh, one of the things, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, my, my graduating class at Raymond Bible Training College, uh, we, our class name was the Armor Bears. Our dean at that time taught us that, that every morning before we get out of bed, before our feet hits the floor, we ought to put our armor on. And I put the full armor on. I did it this morning. I do it every morning. Uh, uh, hardly do I ever forget that because I do it every morning. I put on the belt of truth. I, my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the helmet of salvation. I, put on, uh, I take the shield of faith which quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. That, that praying for all men and all prayer and supplication for all saints. And I do that every morning. That is the spiritual clothing that, that, that I put on. And I do that because it makes a difference when you go out. You don't want to have the wrong stuff on, but you want to have the right things that you're wearing that will help you in your spiritual walk. What do you mean my spiritual walk? Your day-to-day -day walk on this earth. There are going to be things that are come, come against you. I, I wanted to look at this in the, in the uh, Amplified Classic. Remember, the Amplified uh, is not a translation. It's an amplification of different words in Scripture. In, in, the, in scripture. And I, looked, I wanted us to look at Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. And the, this is the Classic Amplified, and it kind of explains about the different Items of warfare, clothing that you and I are walking. I mean, you know, we're in a war. As we said, the devil, he's the enemy. And he's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can't steal it from you, he wants to kill you to get you out of here. Well, I'm saying, he, he, it doesn't matter to him so much whether you go, he, he wants you to go to hell with him, but, but even if you go to, go to heaven, you'll be out of here and out of his uh, dominion for now. But he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. If he can't steal it from you, he'll try to kill you, and then he'll try to destroy you. But if you got your clothing properly on, and let's just look at it, what it says in Ephesians 6 here. In conclusion, verse 10 starts out, be strong in the Lord. That means be strong in the Lord. It says be empowered through your union with him. In other words, we stay in constant communication in union with our Heavenly Father, with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us into all truth. We're in union. He said draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. The strength and power and empowerment of God is unlimited. And when we're in union with him and we're walking in his power, we're walking in the authority in his name. And then verse 11 talks about putting on the proper spiritual clothes. Put on God's whole armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies. We want to be heavily armed with the right stuff that God has supplied, not weighed down by the wrong stuff. And we talked about some of the wrong things, but we want to look at the right things right now. Why? That you may, verse 11 continues on, says, that you may be able, may be able successfully to stand up against all 
All what? All the strategies and the deceits of the devil. You see, if the devil can't get you to side with him and do what he, what he tells you to do by you just submitting to him, he'll try to deceive you. He'll give you false information. The Bible says he's the father of lies. That's where you folk that lie are siding with the devil. And sometimes without even knowing that, that that's what they're doing. And <laughs> I've said this before, and, and it's truth uh, even now. A, a, a big time liar, and you may know some, someone may have came to your mind. If they did, pray for them right now. Amen. Big time liar, they get so good at it, sometimes they forget their lies, and, and then they have to make up other lies to cover their lies. That's a big time liar. The Bible says the devil is the father of them. So it, us as Christians, lying is a weight. It's sin because it's contrary to truth. Now, we, we read and we're going to look at, and I'm going to have to be a little bit more expedient, move, move on a little quicker. But there are some things that are weights that aren't necessarily sin, but they'll hinder you. But sins will weigh you down. They'll pull you down. They'll trip you up. And we'll look at that, too. Verse 12 says this. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood. In other words, people aren't your problem. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor, especially if it's your spouse, and say, I thank God you, aren't, you are not my problem. Amen. People aren't. Flesh and blood are, are not our problem. You pastor, you don't know what my spouse did. You don't know what my spouse said. They hurt me. I'm not saying people won't hurt you, but they aren't your problem. Flesh and blood aren't your problem. They may be a weight sometimes. <laughs> they may hinder you sometimes. But unless you bow to them, the problem, not to them. Unless you, if somebody say something offensive, you'll be okay if they just said it. The problem comes when you take offense. When you take offense, then you, you put it in you. It may not even be true. But whether it's true or not, don't take offense of what people say. Pastor, people say words won't hurt you. That's a lie, too. Words can hurt if you take offense, if you allow them to penetrate, if you don't have your shield of faith up. See, this shield of faith we're going to talk about in a minute, it's not just a little shield, it's a full body shield. And it'll stop any lie or offensive word that'll come towards you. That's really so important to have the full armor on and keep it on. It says, continues on, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood or against people contending only with physical opponents, but against the dispositions, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, the devil in his group, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural spirit. You see, you and I, we're in the natural, but we can walk in the supernatural. The devil and his cohorts are in the supernatural realm. It's more real than the natural realm. We just don't live there. But you know what? We can visit it and partake of it, the blessings of it, if we're walking in the blessings of God. 
Verse 13 says, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to notice some things that you can do when you got the right clothing on. You can resist the devil and you can stand your ground even if it's an evil day. What's the evil day? It amplifies out a day of danger when the enemy attacks. I mean, no, the devil comes, the Bible says, as a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is a roaring lion. He says he acts like he acts as one. And he's roaring loud to see if he can scare you. If he can get you in fear, that's a problem. That's a weight. Fear, walking in fear, is walking in sin because you're not walking in faith. That's good. You ought to write that down. Anytime you come reach World Bible Church, I haven't said in a long time, besides your Bible and, and your right spiritual clothes on, bring you a pen and a notepad so you can write down some things. Whatever the Holy Spirit gives you, not because I said it, because it jumps out to your spirit and it'll, it'll help you. He says you know how to resist and stand your ground on an evil day, a day of danger. And having done all, whatever the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Look at your neighbor and say, when I've done all to stand, I'm going to stand in righteousness, in peace, in the joy of the Holy Ghost. Verse 14 says this, stand therefore, hold your ground. Don't retreat. I like, you know, in, in the army, uh, when you're on the field, armies don't like to get pushed back. They want to take some ground and they want to hold it. No matter what it takes. Because it's harder to retake ground. Because the enemy has gotten a victory over you. This says stand, therefore, Hold your ground. The enemy wants you to give up and quit. Having tightened the belt of truth. Notice the belt of truth. Walking in the truth of God. That belt is so important because it holds all the other armor in right position. Walking in truth will hold you in right position. Around your loins. And having put on the breastplate of integrity. Righteousness. Integrity. Walking in integrity is important. I love honor and integrity. Um, certain shows uh, I like to watch. Pastor Ellen and she doesn't care too much about police shows, but one that I really like is called Blue Bloods. And it's about some of you, some of you, I heard you, heard you, you watch. There's a family of, 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 police officers, and, and uh, they're a family of integrity, of honor. And they represent that in everything that they do. The Word of God talks about honor. Primarily, we need to honor God and honor his things. He said when we do that, he'll honor us and honor ours. Integrity is important. Integrity will keep you. Integrity will help you hold your ground. Faith will get you certain places. But to hold them and keep them and stay in those places of victory, you got to have integrity and honor. As mama used to tell me and daddy, boy, you got to be a man, well, you got to be a man of your word. They said it like this, 
Let your word be your bond. If you say you're going to do something, do it. That's integrity. That's honor. It goes on to say integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. That's righteousness. All those things are different aspects of being in right relationship, rights, righteousness. This is with the clothing that we should be wearing. And having shod your feet in preparation. Peace. We'll get there. It says, what do you mean, shod your feet? Put on those shoes of peace, walking in peace, to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability. See, when you're walking in peace, you're not going to be shaky in your conversation. When you're walking in peace, you're going to have faith because you trust God and you're going to have another part of the definition of faith is confidence. When you're walking in peace, you're going to have confidence because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he said this, firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by good news, the gospel of the gospel of peace. I got to hurry up. I, I, I want to go over these uh, fully. Lift up over all the covering, the shield, shield of faith, of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Devil going to shoot stuff at you. People will shoot things at you. But if you got that shield of faith, that saving faith, you're born again and you're the righteousness of God. And, you, and, and you're speaking the right thing and you're doing what you're supposed to, the best you know to do. And then it says, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. You notice only one element of our armor is an offensive weapon that you can use to fight the enemy with, and that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He said, the sword that, that the Spirit wells, which is the Word of God. And then like verse 18, it says, pray at all times, on and in every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer, and entreaty where you're praying for others, not only yourself, but you're entreating God for others. Two, that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose. When you're going about the business of God, be purposeful. Be aware of your surrounding and be ready to persevere. Interceding in behalf of all saints. God consecrated peoples, all saints. So this armor that you put on, I kind of briefly went over every aspect of what the word says. And it's a lot more to that. I've taught on just the armor itself. That used to be my go-to message. If I, if I had searched search God, asked God, and I didn't know what to preach, I could always go to the armor of God. Because you got so much in it. And that's what you, <laughs> and, and, and it's so much that you can glean from it every time. But because you have the full armor on, or said that, that uh, uh, armor that, that, you're, that, that will weigh you properly, still, one point that we looked at last time, you need to lay aside every weight, every hindrance, 
that you don't need, that will weigh you down. And that was a, one topic that we looked at and we examined. And when we looked at lay aside every weight, weights can hinder you. Weights, we said, aren't necessarily sin, but they're things that can uh, tie you up and bog you down. We said in Hebrews 12:1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. Look at Nave said, patience is important. The race that is set before you. And we, remember, we looked at this in the, uh, the Living Bible, and I like how it says it. It says this, since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands. Who's that huge crowd? All the saints, our loved ones that have gone on to heaven before us. They're cheering us on. They're watching us when we do spiritual things. When we grow spiritually, your loved ones see that you've grown because they're cheering for you. They're cheering us on right now as we hear in the word. It says, let us strip off anything that slows us down. Anything that you would slow down your walk. Remember we talked about that last time. Take it off. Strip it down because it will hold us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around your feet and trip us up. There are certain things that folks get tripped up on more than once. Some things are strongholds. You did them for a while before you got saved, and they became a stronghold in your life. It takes the power of God to remove those things. And you have to, you have, to have all confidence and trust in God that he'll help you even because your flesh will want to resort back to strongholds that you're familiar with and that you practice because you got good at them. How many know uh, in sin... You didn't have to practice it too much because you were pretty good at it. It's all right to laugh instead of crying because the wages of sin is death. We got good at it and it didn't even take too much practice. But they were strongholds and we, they, tripped, they tripped us up and we don't need to be tripped up by those things when we're walking in the presence and the empowerment of God. He said, let us run with patience and particularly the particular race that God has set before us. In other words, God has set before us a race. We have our own course. We need to be ready to go. We said, and we, this is where we left off the last time, and I'm going to quickly go over the next couple of minutes, uh, this last part. John 14, 26 in the Amplified says this, but the helper, the helper is the Holy Spirit, and I like the way the Amplified uh, amplifies who he is. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our advocate. A comforter comforts us when we're in trouble. An advocate it speaks on our behalf. He's an attorney. He's our intercessor. He's praying for us. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. He's a counselor. He gives us good advice. Are we listening? Look at his name and say, are you listening to the Holy Ghost? And this question is even more important. Are you doing what he tells you to do? Amen. He wants to, we ought to do what he tells us to do. Why? Because he's our strengthener. When we're weak, he will help us to get strong in God's word by putting God's word in us and doing it. And he's our standby. I mean, good. You know, I can remember in, in, in grammar school in particular, we used to get uh, in, 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 a, in a line 
and hook our arms together. And y'all remember doing this? And had old, old song we say, I ain't going to get out of nobody's way, nobody's way. Nobody. I, I, how many besides me did that? And you were running to people. Why? Because you had folks standing by you. You had folks with you. I ain't getting out of nobody's way. We bad. Did anybody do that besides me? Y'all were so spiritual. Y'all didn't do it. Thank you for that one honest heart. Y'all was too spiritual to do anything like that. I, I, I guess I needed some real growth even back then. I know I, know I did, but, but we, did, we did that. <laughs> just walked out. Some have brought back some memories, memories for some of you, praise God. You had, to, you had to dust off the cobwebs, but you remembered it. But anyway, <laughs> the Holy Ghost is our standby. He'll stand by us. Not that we're not going to get out of anybody's way, but he'll help us. Even when, we're, when we need somebody to stand with us, when, there's, when the enemy comes against us or when folks come against us. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will help you remember everything that I have told you. The Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance what he's told you. But how many realize he can't bring back to your remembrance if you hadn't put it in your remembrance? you got to study to show yourself approved so you can rightly divide the word of truth. Let me hurry up. He said this, and we've already talked about it, and it's really important that we need to run with patience. The Bible talks about in our patience, we possess solely things, our mind, our will, our emotions. In your patience, it'll keep you out of trouble. It'll keep you from overreacting. We talked about it last time. It'll keep you from giving somebody a piece of your mind. Just like Pastor Ella's aunt, and she was a blessing. She was a blessing to us for years. She was a florist. But she used to come, we visit her, and, and every now and then I'd get there, and she'd, we'd be talking, and she said, Preacher, I had to put my religion down and get somebody told the other day. I guess she was repenting to me. <laughs> I had to put my religion down. See, that's the thing. That's the bad problem when you just got religion. See, you can put religion. How many of you can be religious about anything? I told you the other day, I'm religious about getting, on, getting up on the left side of the bed. That's how it gets out on the right side. I'm on the left side. I'm religious. Every morning, that's what side I get out. I don't climb over her and get, get out on the, on the right side. I get, maybe I need to get out on the right side, on the right side. I didn't mean it that way, though, but you know, I thought about that thing. She, she's on the right side. I'm on the right side in God, though. Amen. Glory to God. But I get out of bed religiously on the left side. I may need to straighten that thing out a little bit. But anyway, the Holy Ghost was telling me something. <laughs> no, no. That, that, that. I just wanted you to laugh. Amen. <laughs> Y'all bleed that, don't you? Amen. Brother Hagin said this. My father in the ministry, he said this. We can make our way difficult and hinder our spiritual growth if we do not run with patience the race set before us. You see, why, if we don't run with patience, it's so important? Because it's so easy to become impatient in our desire to see God's plans and purpose fulfilled in our life. God, what are we doing? We say, God, you ain't moving fast enough. I want to get there faster, faster, faster. Brother Hagin told us this, and it's something that, that I've understood even more as I've grown in, in ministry and grown in life. 
he said this. He found out it was better to be a step behind God than to get out ahead of him. Because if you were a step behind, at least you could see where he was going. But if you got out ahead of God, you on your own. You don't know what you're doing. You're just uh, in, walking in your own strength. So if you're not going to be right with God, it's better. You can't be walking right with him. It's better to be a step behind. That's the reason I never want to make moves real quick. Because I've done that before and made mistakes. Because I got ahead of God. God wants us to be right with him, but it's better to be a step behind. He says this in Romans 12, 12 in the NIV. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Oh, no, that doesn't sound good. No, that means that you're believing God that you're going to get through whatever's afflicting you with the help of God. He said faithful in prayer. Another scripture that talks about patience. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in, in doing well. King James said, don't, don't stop, don't be weary in well-doing. When you're doing well, even if nobody don't say anything, tell you that you're doing good. Be patient. Because our reward, don't just be looking for it from a man. If, you get all, if we get all our reward here on earth, then God said, you got your reward. I want to get my reward in heaven. Amen. Now, I want to get, you can get some rewards now. I'm not saying you can't get rewards now, but don't look for all your reward here. Sometimes you'll do things just because it's the right thing to do and it's good. He says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Look at him say, don't give up. Be patient. This will bless you now. Verse, uh, in, in Ephesians 4, 2, it says this, be completely humble, humble and gentle. One thing is about patience and humility. Gentleness goes with that. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Look at your name and say, I know the word's talking about all of us right now. Amen. Some of you said it. It's just the truth. Bearing with one another. Because all of us need to be put up with sometime. I don't get it right all the time. I don't say it right all the time. How about you? You ever had to repent since you got saved? Some of you said, just 10 minutes ago, preacher. Well, you've been in here for 10 minutes, so you must say something while you're in here. <laughs> but be quick to repent and quick to forgive. Amen. Then finally, prepare for his purpose. Prepare for his purpose. And I referenced this earlier, and as we conclude this message today, I love this scripture. We use this when we... Uh, talked and, and prayed over the graduates the other Sunday. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it kind of succinctly uh, focuses or refocuses this entire message of run your race. It says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, 12, and 13, for, and this is, uh, uh, do I want the NIV? Do I have the NIV? I think I have the NIV. For, yeah, this is NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. Glory to God. You will seek me and find me. With all 
you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plan for your success, not your failure. Plans to give you hope and a future. He said, when you call on me, I'm going to always listen. Sometimes you and I may pretend to be listening. How many of you know, you, you got, you've been in a room and you're watching your favorite program and somebody came, came up and started talking to you and it was really important and you, you said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and they quit saying anything and then ask you, what did I just say to you? And you a bit more, because you were a bit more listening to what they were saying. You was watching your program. And, and if you're like me, you, you remember one of the words that, that, that she said. And, oh, y'all know who I was talking about now. But anyway, <laughs> and you say that word. <laughs> what else did I say? I don't have a clue. I wasn't listening. I know you weren't listening to me. It was important, too. I mean, no, all of us can get that way sometimes. But God never will. He always listens. He hears us. Thank God he does. And we can have confidence. And we can seek him. And we'll find him. When we knock, he opens the door. I gave you a scripture last week. And I didn't even write it down, quote it. But I told you three things to do. Uh, it was ask, it was seek, and knock. And uh, I was watching... Brother Copeland teaching, and he used that scripture, and he said, he said these three things. Listen, he said, ask, seek, and knock. The first word, word letter of each one. What does that, what does that say? There's an acrostic, acrostic. Ask. I said, wow, that's good, Brother Copeland. We have not sometimes because we don't ask. And then sometimes we have, because we ask amiss, the King James said, that means we ask not in faith, not trusting, not having confidence in God. But when we run our race, we can run trusting in confidence that God has already gone before us and prepared the way and that we win. Amen. You get some things out of this today? Bless you, bless you, bless you. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the peace of God. We thank you for the love of God. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We yield ourselves unto you. Whatever you see fit to say, however you see fit to manifest, we have given you free reign and free will to do that. We thank you, Lord, that the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to be able to see and taste. And folks that come in contact with us will, will see and that fruit in our lives, the fruit of love, of peace, of, of, of faithfulness, of, of long-suffering, of temperance, all, all of those fruit, they'll be exhibited. And, and Lord, we'll taste good to them. We'll be a good, give them a good encouraging word that will help minister to them. But Lord, in, in our run, in, in this race, Lord, we want to have the proper attire on. We want to have the proper spiritual clothing on. And Lord, we don't want to have anything that will weigh us down or hinder us from our walk. The first step we know is to, if, if you haven't done that, is to, is to make you the Lord of our lives. For right now, Lord, as we pray, Lord, we say this prayer in faith. Lord, we, we thank you 
that we confess you as our Lord. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that you paid the price for us so we could have life and life more abundantly. Lord, we thank you that you've forgiven us and cleansed us of all sin. We are saved. We're a brand new creature. We made you our Savior and we make you our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, and even if it's the first time you just prayed, you just started a brand new walk with God. We got some materials, some information we want to give you to help you with this walk. Three mini books uh, by Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan that will show us how to uh, what the new birth and tells us what it is. Uh, in him tells us how what we are and who we are in him. And then why tongues talks about the importance of praying in the spirit. And then you see that QR code that you can scan with your phones and it'll take you to a video where I explain to you uh, the process of salvation, and if you want to become a member of the family of God, and, or if you want to become a member of Reaching the World Bible Church, this is how, this is how you do it. And thank God, uh, the doors of the church were open 2,000 years ago, and the doors of Reaching the World Bible Church are open right now. Anyone that wants to be a part of this church family, whether you eat church or in the house today, you can come on up or stand up right where you are, and we're just going to welcome you to the family. If there's anyone that hadn't done that, you want to do that, go ahead and stand up right where you are. If you're at home, you can stand up right where you are. I want to pray this prayer. Well, we just prayed that prayer with you. And we say welcome to the family of God. And we love you. And if you're, just come. Just be here. Uh, view, view, be, come to the, to, to the embedded messages. Listen to them over and over again. And feed your faith and starve your doubts to death.